Manimal here. It's Friday, October 27th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to go deep into the World Series preview. We've also got some around the league news, but mostly we're just talking about the World Series. We're talking about the Diamondbacks. So join us, Texas Rangers with the boys. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. If you want to find me on social media, you can catch me at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. If you want to find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media, that is TX Rangers. WTV. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Hey, guys, that's just one word. Just one word. Man, we are pumped up. We are excited. The first game of the World Series is today, and we are here to talk about this and just be as excited as we possibly We are ecstatic and excited as we possibly can be because the first year that we kick off this podcast, we get to kick off the third world or the third American League championship for the Texas Rangers in the third World Series bid. And let's hope that we can make it one for three this year and raise that banner at Globe Life Field. Joining me, my co-host, the 300-pound animal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? And where can they find you on socials? Hey, man, it's World Series time in Texas, and this year it's uh, our guys. Mm. You know, we, we've said that a lot the last several years, that it's World <laughs> Series time in Texas, but this time we're actually talking about our boys. So yes, that's uh, that's exciting stuff. It's the first time in over, over a decade that the World Series will be held at uh, the ballpark over here. Um, I guess it's not the first time in a decade that it's been held over here, but it's the no. first time in over a decade that the Rangers will be playing in it. Um, but also uh, our boys, Josh Spores and uh, um, uh, Corey Seager, I believe, were on those teams, that, that 2020 team. So um, they've got some experience in the World Series here at the ballpark. I don't know if Spores was actually on that roster or not, but we're going to act like he was today because, uh, you know, he's our guy right now. He's one of the top pitchers in our bullpen and uh, any – any former Yankee that ha- or a Dodger that has a ring, we're just putting him on the list today of guys that have done something at the ballpark. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but we'll get past that. We'll, I'll get past that. I'm just excited that uh, they're going to play. They're going to play World Series baseball here again. The last time they did, uh, the Rangers had some heartbreak, but uh, you know they played pretty well at the home at their home park and took a couple of games out of three. Um, the one game I remember the game they lost here at, uh, in 2011 was that game that Pujols hit like three home runs and and uh, Ogando kind of got mm. uh, lit up a little bit. But uh, um, Ogando's been uh, gone for over a decade now and uh, he will not be getting lit up tonight <laughs> on the on the field. So uh, we're, no worries about that. But, uh, you know, 
I'm doing pretty good. Last night, the bull man and I, we made it out to a, a high school football game, checking out some of these local good football teams. So, you know what that means? If you go watch the good teams play, you get about half the game and the bands run you off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, not, not, not over, overall good time last night out in Arlington, watching Arlington, Seguin, and Midlothian Heritage. That Heritage team is going to be pretty good. They're going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. This isn't a high school football show, so to get on track, I'm going to let everybody know that uh, on social medias, you can find me at X or on X at Manimal Bull, Instagram Manimal 300, and both Facebook and TikTok Bull Pro. So whatever your favorite line, form, platform, whatever the case may be, you do social media, I do social media, let's talk Rangers. Absolutely. Let's talk some Rangers. But before we talk Rangers... Why don't we just talk a little bit around the league? I think the most intriguing story as we were chatting off air has to be the situation that is kind of happening in Houston right now. Um, You know, we got Brad Osmus in the mix. We've got uh, their former bench coach in the mix. Uh, Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell's got his put it, getting his uh, stirring his hand in the pot a little bit. So, you know, there's something brewing over there in Houston uh, why don't we talk a little bit about that first? Well, I think one good thing about being a really, really good baseball player in your career and staying with one team for most of it is that you probably are going to get to have some say five, 10, 15 years later. And uh, that's what Bagwell's done. Um, from all I'm kind of seeing, uh, you know, I think we all found out over the course of the last couple of weeks that uh, Houston Astros Twitter is a very toxic place. So, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of read to get off of them. I mean, you know, two weeks ago, they hated Dusty yesterday after he or today, yesterday after he retired. They love Dusty. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I see a lot of people not going to be happy if Brad Osmus is the chosen uh, participant in this thing because of what uh, Joe Esponda has been able to do for the team and 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 who he's kind of become within their organization. Um, so I kind of think it's his to lose, um, but I think he does have some things weighing against him, like Bagwell being in the in charge there and and Osmus kind of being his buddy. But I think when it comes down to it, Bagwell's a guy that he's going to do what's best for the Houston Astros because you know he didn't ever win, and they've been doing a lot of winning since he's been in there as a special assistant to the GM. So I don't think he's going to want to change that up very much. Yeah, yeah, I. I, uh, I just, it, it really seems like a fairly like volatile situation. And I only say this because when you have veteran players on a team that's won as much as that team has won, what they say truly might be more important than anything. No offense to Bagwell, but he don't, he never, he don't have no rings, man. <laughs> uh, this, this squad, this squad that's there now, uh, has been the has been the the context for the winningest uh, era of Houston baseball, and I think um, you know the best thing to do would be to listen to those guys and find out what 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 would be best to try to sustain uh, a certain element of of success with the team that's remaining because they do have a ton of horses coming back next year. And the last thing you want to see is a situation like the Mets, where just because you got a ton of good players does not mean that you're going to have a great team. And well, that's very that true. Starts to, once, this thing, once the spiral, once that thing starts to swirl down and spiral down, I mean, it can get bad really, really quick. And 
And I think that's why you got to be really smart on who you choose uh, following Dusty Baker. That's my two cents. uh, There's a name that has been coming up that uh, he's part of this World Series, and he used to be a part of the Rangers managerial team back in the day. He's a Houston guy, went to the University of Houston, grew up in Lamarck. Jeff Bannister might be a guy that gets an interview if this thing goes past the uh, World Series in their their hiring process. Mm. He's he's kind of I mean, you know, like the Ray when he was with the Rangers, he did a lot of things to prove that he was, you know, he, he was down for that squad and that he would do, you know, do anything. He was when they were fighting, he was right in the middle of the fights, you know, I mean, so Bannister's a really likable, likable guy. He's a former AL manager of the year. Uh you know, I'm really kind of shocked that he hasn't gotten another managerial job since Texas because of mm-hmm. how good he, he was here. I mean, uh, obviously you saw that they, they fired him and things didn't get better when he left, you know. I mean, sure. uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, he's just a guy that he's kind of interesting to me for them. I know right now he's Arizona's bench coach, but at the same time, if you're that, you know, I mean, He's qualified for any job in Major League Baseball. No, I, I, I that I agree with. I, I think he might be a great and what a you know, old Bannister following another uh, World Series caliber manager, uh, picking up a team very similar to that uh, Ranger squad that he inherited from Ron Washington. And we've already seen that he can be successful in that role. So so a lot of drama in Houston. I think we'll keep a keep a, an eye on it as it unfolds, especially because it has a lot to do with the future of this Rangers, uh, this Rangers squad. So, um, and then as far as around the league, I think we'd had one other thing, maybe that Bubba Thompson got picked up. That was yeah. Well, I mean, when we're, when, a, uh, when a former Ranger gets former Ranger hand gets picked up on waivers and stuff, you know, we're going to talk about it and Bubba, no different with him. He's, uh, he didn't find his own with Kansas city, but, um, Obviously, somebody's willing to put him on their 40-man roster, and that uh, somebody is the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, you know, he's going to get an opportunity in Cincinnati to make their team. And, uh, you know, I mean, this could be a pretty normal thing for Bubba Thompson for several years as the season winds down and the AAA season gets over that he, you know, he's kind of left on waivers as you know, a guy that he'll have interest because, I mean, when you look at it, Cincinnati, they're way up the waiver wire. So, you know, that's a team that they were on the cusp of being a playoff team this year. And, you know, I mean, outside of Ellie De La Cruz, he's going to be the fastest guy on that team. And, you know, you just kind of see what Bubba, see what's in store for Bubba because it's not going to be an easy road for him. And I think we all knew that as being a speedy outfielder that can't hit for S. You know, I mean, that's that's a that's a tough thing in the in the big leagues because you got to hit the big leagues to play. Yeah, you got to get on base. So oh, one more thing too, San San Diego, we talked about that open position the other day. And it looks like the guy that we kind of both thought might be the best pick for that job is going to get an interview. Yeah, uh, Mike Schilt is going to get an interview. I also saw that Adam Kennedy may get an interview for that thing. Um, another former ball player that, uh, you know, uh, a good hand when he was with the angels for sure. Uh, um, you know, so he's going to get an opportunity. Mike Schilt is going to get an opportunity. Mike Schilt is the first major league manager to ever have no minor league or major league baseball experience, um, as a player, but he did a really good job in St. Louis. And, uh, 
I know St. Louis, they went a different way. And I mean, like hindsight, they're probably missing Mike Schilt up there in St. Louis. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, just just had a few uh, back and forth texts with uh, our guy, Brick Savage, just keeping a tab on him, seeing how he's been doing. Uh, Are we going to be able to see Brick out there on December 1st? Well, I don't know. You know, Brick's contract is uh, has expired with Matt Warfro. Mm. So as as of right now, last time I talked to uh, promoter extraordinaire, uh, who I won't say his name on the podcast again, because I sure. got a little bit of heat from that the other day. Oh. But uh, uh, he, he, he tells me that they're doing everything that they can to, in fact, have Brick Savage at the Winter Classic. Um, okay. It's, it's going to cost a little bit more. But uh, he's worth it. No, he's he worth is worth it. I uh, mean, uh, the the one thing that I did remind remind him about though is that uh, if you're going to pay Brick Savage that much, you have to pay me that much as well. There um, you go. But that's okay. He much much uh, much obliged. So uh, it, it's it's all <laughs> fair in love and war. And uh, the Winter Classic will be kicking off um, as of right now. From everything I know, all the names will be put into a tumbler. Um, and they will be picked out at random. Um, and the teams that get picked at random will tag together. And uh, we will have a, a playoff-style atmosphere where you will, have, you will wrestle a tournament style. And uh, the winner of said tournament will get the uh, very first Winter Classic Cup, which is going to be kind of in the, uh, in the likes of a Stanley Cup trophy where when you win it your name will go on the cup and you will have the cup for one year and next year when we do it again someone else will win the cup or maybe they won't maybe it'll be the same team because we see that in sports as well so who knows but uh a great concept idea from matt war pro i'm excited about it friday december 1st we're going to be right out there at martin house brewing right there on uh the east side of Fort Worth, the east side of downtown right there. So come on out. Join us for a beer, a Martin House Matt War Pro Body Slammer beer, if you're a big fan of those IPAs, because this is definitely a chuggable IPA. And our friends over at Starry Ice Cream will be out there. We'll also have food trucks on location. So feel free. Come on out. It's going to be a big show. And uh, I also heard that there's going to be a uh, uh, contract signing between Brent McKenzie and Franco D'Angelo for that Trinity River Heritage title. Oh wow, that that should be that that's a couple of big dudes uh, doing big dude things. So let's, without further ado, we know why the people show up to to this show. Let's what they came for, and let's talk about some Texas Rangers World Series baseball coming up. Uh, game one, Nathan Ivaldi, Zach Gallen. It is tonight, uh, but we're also going to do a little preview uh, uh, because, again, we 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 talked at length about the Rangers. And if you guys don't know enough about the Rangers, uh, we have plenty of you can go back and listen to to more uh, if need be. But again, we, we will we will talk a little bit maybe about how these Rangers have done uh, against the Diamondbacks. Uh, because during the regular season, we played them at our home and we played them at their home. Uh, we got a we got a good view of these guys. Um, good ball team. I mean, good ball club. They do a lot of things right. And and this is that kind of team that that I I was talking about. I've been I always talk about these are those teams that when you go through statistics, you you get a little bit of an idea, 
of what they of what kind of team they are and what they're good at. But mostly with them, it's it's about the whole process with them, the way the team plays as a whole. Uh, they do a lot of little things right. Manufacturer runs really well. They they battle up at the plate. Uh, pitching wise, they're battling out there on the mound. Uh, they've got guys that have stepped up uh, in the postseason to play some of the best baseball of their career uh, across the board. And they're managed extremely well because uh, we, we, during that Philly series, we saw that uh, the Diamondbacks can go inning, inning for inning uh, with anybody uh, in terms of strategy and playing some good baseball. Yeah, Tori Lovello has done a really good job. And if you remember correctly, at the beginning of the year, Tori Lovello was my uh, National League Manager of the Year for, mm. for, for things. I, I thought that, you know, hey, and, and everybody knows that listens to the show. And if they listen to the show from the very first of the show, I, I picked this Diamondbacks team to be really good. They were going to, they were my dark horse team of who I thought could be um, a, a real competitor in the National League. And it all starts with Tori Lovello. I mean, the guy, he, he, he's become one of those guys where he, he isn't solely reliant on any one thing whenever he comes to the mat, you know, when he, when he's making decisions, um, you see, you see them steal a lot of bases. You see them, you know, take extra bases. They do a lot of the little things that, uh, that they remind me a lot of like those eighties Cardinals teams that play a lot of small ball, play really good defense. Because um, the only team better at defense in the whole league this year than the Rangers were the Diamondbacks. Uh, mm. they, uh, they they had just a, I mean a point point percentage better um, uh, fielding percentage than the the Rangers and a couple less errors over the course of the season. So you know I mean we talk about how historically good the Rangers were defensively this year. The Diamondbacks were just a touch better. So um, that that's a huge thing. Um, but what, what really scares me the most about the Diamondbacks is their ability to take extra bases, their ability to extend innings and their ability to score runs with two outs. They're a lot like the Rangers in that sense, but they're completely different in how they do it. Okay. You know, I mean, the Ranger, you could see them with two outs. They could go through the whole lineup with two outs and score four more runs. The Diamondbacks mm-hmm. are the type of team with two outs. They get a base knock. They steal second base. They get another base knock. They steal second base. They get another base. So, so you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to kind of, like, get that into a position where, um, you know, Heim's going to have to be on his toes at all time, and, and he's one of the better better percentage guys when it comes to throwing guys out at second base, and he's got good pop times this year, and he's been uh, as good as he's ever been in his career from that uh, perspective. Uh but you know they're going to have to they're going to have to really work together and keep runners close and make sure that uh, you know uh, Heim isn't put in an awful position a lot of the times, especially late in games, whenever Arizona is on their on their on their runs and they're trying to get those extra couple of runs or they're trying to get back in a game. You got to make sure that you shut that down. You shut down their running game and you make sure that they don't get those extra hits, because mm-hmm. a lot of times when they do get those extra hits, their base knocks right up the middle. You know, yeah, I mean, Corbin Carroll did that all series against um, the Phillies. Well, it's like out of the frying pan into the fire when it comes to Corbin Carroll because he's a lot like Jose Altuve, believe it or not. They don't play the same position, but, you know, at bat, he's a very similar kind of at bat, uh, a real tough guy to get out, uh, has power, has speed, 
gets on base. Um, you know, obviously I believe he's going to be the rookie of the year without a doubt. Um, but also in the playoffs, you know, this is when you make your money and he's kind of been, uh, he's been a revelation here for them in the playoffs. The other thing that I wanted to mention about the diamondbacks that when you go up and down, really just look at their team and you wonder, you know, cause on a macro level, looking at statistics and rankings and, and all that, nothing really, really, um, but what does stand out is they are built for playoff type baseball. They have good pitching at the top, like their top line starting pitchers are fantastic. They have a solid bullpen. They can squeeze out runs and they can win close games. And just like you were saying uh, earlier, they also the one thing they do better than everybody um, is run the base paths and and they they have a ton of speed. Yeah, they they just they just have a ton of speed. But really, I think it's more that they have a team that's really built well playoffs. They're, they're a playoff. Um, and they're the kind of team that just have to get in. And once they're in, they become extremely dangerous. Well, and then that's where I kind of like equate them to being like those 80s-style Whitey Herzog baseball teams is where, mm-hmm. you know, that team didn't look dangerous on paper. But once you got them on the field and they started, you know, you got Willie McGee and Ozzie Smith and Vince Coleman taking bases on you. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're batting with runners in scoring position. You got a runner on third, one out, and they're putting a run up on you almost every time they get a guy on base. And and you see that a lot, especially if they got a leadoff hit from either like Vince Coleman or Ozzie Smith. The same thing with like Corbin Carroll, Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that can run. Even can tell Marte can run a little bit. They're they're just a team that uh, they they're really scrappy. They've got good pitching, but not great pitching. Um, mm-hmm. Their starting rotation is really really strong with Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly. But then it yep. really really dumps off the moment that you get to Fott or Pfat, our boy Pfat. But yep. um, you know, and and their fourth starter is kind of more like a bullpen game, similar to the Rangers. But I don't think the Rangers are going to go that style this time, but I also don't know. I, I imagine that if we get to a game four that John Gray would get that start, but I don't know based on, you know, he hasn't made a start in a while, so we'll see. He may be part of a a three-headed monster that you might see with Heaney, him, and uh, either Martin Perez or Cody Bradford in that game four. So I don't, I don't know exactly what the Rangers are going to do just yet. Um, uh, Boach is unwilling to give us anything past tonight anyways. He's like, uh, I'll give you Evaldi. Yeah, we have really no idea matchup wise. What the Rangers are going to do. Obviously, we know Gallon goes tonight for Arizona. Kelly goes uh, tomorrow night, and then, but for the have a, we don't have a, a game two starter, and rightfully so. I I think it's just it's not. I don't necessarily think it's because Boach is trying to like place. I, I really think it's kind of he's going to make a decision when he feels like it's time to make that decision. And until he knows what he wants to do, he's not just going to well, put a I number out there. Got, I think he's got it in his mind what he wants to do, but he also wants to see how game one goes and, and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I imagine it'll be Jordan Montgomery. There's a possibility that it might be Max Scherzer just uh, with the idea that you got Jordan Montgomery for game seven. Yep. Uh, and then you can throw a Hall of Famer in game two and six. You know, uh-huh. I mean, you know, again, Scherzer's now two, um, two starts off of this injury now. So at some point, he's going to start putting it all together. Uh, let's hope it doesn't end up being too late. 
and yeah. uh, uh, the World Series is over. But I, I think they're kind of getting him in a position where they're going to they're they're going to be able to throw him and, and feel more confident about it just because his timing is starting to get back a little bit. And um, you know, I, I thought he did a good job of keeping them in the game after they got in the lead. Uh, for a couple of innings the other night to get them to uh, good parts of their bullpen to help and Jordan Montgomery as well. So uh, I think Jordan Montgomery pitching in game seven was a lot of the reason that you're seeing Evaldi in game one. I also think that uh, we're in different spots now than we were at the end of the regular season. At the end of the regular season, you hadn't seen it from Evaldi just yet. Um, uh-huh. as far as, as far as the stuff that he's like putting together right now. Um, so I think that when you, now that you're looking at it, you know, Evaldi's been your dog all season long. So you know, now that he's been healthy, he's shown that he's healthy. It's time to go to him for game one. Absolutely. Um, before we kind of start to roll downhill here to our, uh, to close out a couple of players to note uh, on the offensive or the, the position side for Arizona, we all obviously know Kettle Marte is a fantastic ball player. We've all talked about, um, you know, Carol, uh, but one other uh, guy that has struggled in the playoff but does not struggle against the Rangers, at least not that I don't remember. He, he always seemed like he was coming up the worst times. Uh, Christian Walker, you cannot forget or overlook uh, this guy as well. Obviously, um, their catcher, uh, Gabe, Gabe Moreno, Gabriel Moreno, uh, has been really good uh, in the playoffs. So, you know, these are some guys uh, that have, you know, stepped up during playoff baseball. One other guy that has, uh, you know, batting average may not be that great, but uh, the, the slug has been there, uh, has been Alec Thomas. So, you know, these are some some players that, you know, have stepped up their game. And even though uh, our boy, old fam, uh, Tommy Fam hasn't had the greatest playoffs, he's a guy that has come up with some key hits he's this dangerous. year. Uh, yeah, in the rain, against the Rangers. So this lineup can hurt you. They do have a lot to, to offer. We've already talked about the bull. I mean, the starting pitching at the top. I'm going to turn yeah, it over yeah. to you I'm to talk, talk about this bullpen. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the bullpen. I'm going to talk about some guys in that bullpen that are really, really dangerous and that they're guys that can uh, that can hurt you. Uh, the first guy that I think that, that might be their best pitcher in their bullpen is Kevin Ginkle. Kevin mm-hmm. Ginkle was nine and one this year with a 2.48 ERA, and what that nine and one record means to me is that they put him in a lot of situations where he was uh, he was keeping them in a ball game, or he was or he was uh, um, sent out there to give them an opportunity, and that paid off. He had a 2.48 ERA this year coming out of the bullpen. I mean, that's almost that's almost two full points lower than anybody else in their bullpen. Um, mm-hmm. He has a tremendous slider, uh, a fall off the page type slider. They went out in the middle of the season this season and went and got Paul Seawald from the uh, the Seattle Mariners. And you know, it was a very surprise move to me at that time because I felt like that the uh, the Mariners were right in the middle of that chase, and they absolutely were. And to send a guy that went over to Arizona and ended up being becoming their closer, uh, that that was kind of shocking. But Seawald is another guy. Uh, he doesn't throw hard, but he's very deceptive. He doesn't. Uh, he he kind of hides the ball coming to the uh, hill. 
or coming off the hill. So you don't actually, you don't time him. So you see a lot of guys that are very late on a 93 mile an hour fastball from him. Uh, they've also got some other good pieces. Scott McGo. Um, I don't know if it McGo or McGuff, uh, it's spelled my, like my last name. So I'm going to just say it, how my last name goes. So, mm-hmm. um, but Scott McGo is another good guy back there. Uh, Miguel Castro and Kyle Nelson get outs for them in that bullpen as well. So, um, those are their guys, kind of the guys that you're going to see whenever the uh, Diamondbacks are winning ball games. Um, they've got other pieces back there that could keep them in it, but, uh, uh, you know, they're nothing really to talk about Saul Frank and guys like that are, uh, you know, they're, they're young. And they're getting their feet wet, and they're doing a pretty good job for that uh, that Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen. But the real pieces: Ginkle, Seawald, uh, Mago, Castro, Nelson. Those are their guys that they go to. Those are their those are their five guys that you know you're going to see the most uh, bullpen work out of from them. Absolutely, yeah. And and like I mean, Seawald and Ginkle still haven't given up a run yet in the postseason but you know who else hadn't given up a run in the postseason that the rangers uh put a blemish on his record was a brayu so let's hope these rain this rangers lineup can touch these guys up bring them back to earth uh you know put put two in the bag at home which we're going to need some of those wins at home if we're going to take this world series um any last thoughts before we wrap up it's just a great time to be a, a professional baseball fan. It's a great time to be a Ranger fan. I've seen so many people talking about how this is such a horrible um, baseball matchup or a horrible matchup for the World Series. And this is why I disagree. In, in 2022, before the season, they had the lockout that extended from 2021 into the 2022 season. And 99% of that lockout was about making your teams competitive, regardless of where you're situated. Mm-hmm. And both the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, they went out and they made competitive teams in completely different ways. But yeah. they made competitive teams. They got themselves into a position to win. And here they are, both in the World Series. Uh, you know, I think that's as compelling as it gets for a Major League Baseball series. And uh, I personally can't wait to see Zach Gallant and Nathan Eovaldi tonight. I can't wait to mm. see who the, ma- the Rangers match up with Merrill Kelly tomorrow. Uh, I, You know, I don't know. I know we're scheduled to take a day off tomorrow, but it's the World Series. So we'll just kind of see. We'll just take it by ear. But, uh, you know, it, it's just a, such a great time to be a, a, a Rangers fan. And, you know, the ballpark is going to be jumping tonight. And uh, I can't imagine that uh, there's anybody more excited about the double AstroTurf playoff series than the the, the real purist. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure the real purists absolutely hate changes that have gotten made uh, to this major league, uh, to the major leagues this year. But I absolutely have. This has been one of my, my most enjoyable years uh, as a baseball fan. I really feel like the games are much more enjoyable because of the pitch clock. Hasn't changed the statistics. Hasn't really affected uh, the game in terms of uh, on paper as much, but the games have been much shorter and, uh, and to me just a lot more enjoyable, especially for a guy who's well, watching 160. Some games. of those, some of those playoff games that the Rangers played last week against the Astros without that pitch clock may have been five hours long. Right. Right. So, um, well, Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we are so grateful for everybody who has, who we picked up over the playoffs. Thank you uh, to all of our new listeners who have been uh, jumping on and, and really getting to, to enjoy uh, what I enjoy 
uh, and that is the uh, the vast knowledge of uh, my co-host, the baseball savant, uh, the three hundred pound animal, aka bull, who puts hey puts a ton of time into this. It's not that I don't, but again, one of the reasons we started this podcast was because I couldn't keep up with him uh, in his baseball knowledge, and there was nowhere I could go. So I thought, you know what, let's start a podcast, and then I can just let you tell me all this stuff uh, on air. And I'll just tee you up, and then then I get all my baseball news while we're running the podcast, uh, and we can talk about our favorite team, which is the Texas Rangers. So I know you guys are loving it. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We're so grateful. Uh, don't forget to check us out on social media, TX Rangers WTB. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. And we didn't do a quick commercial, but I'll give it a quick play here for our exclusive content on our website. You can check out our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. We cover all things minor league. Uh, for the Texas Rangers, make it your one-stop shop for everything real quick, Rangers uh, uh, organization-wide. And real quick, on the back half of that, any of those down-on-the-farm shows that are up right now, if you're like, where are these guys at on their down-on-the-farm, any of those shows are listening to They're They're very much talking about the players and the organization, not so much the season. So uh, you can go back in and you can enjoy any one of those shows while we're uh, talking World Series. And then as soon as the World Series wraps up, me and Kev will be right back on that down-on-the-farm. A- absolutely. And those shows do carry a lot of uh, – t- they're – their their weight their time weight still carries like you can go back and listen to all of them and that will give you literally everything you need to know about this farm team and anything you don't know once this world series ends you're going to get more information that you could possibly ask for because i guarantee you that my co-host right now has a file of of stuff to talk about uh, for this so, so we're gonna i'm starting the dominican league and we're going to work our way all the way to round rock so absolutely so love it uh, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform for the 300-pound animal. This is your boy, Kev. Let's go, Rangers. Win the World Series. Let's take these first two games over the weekend. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. Signing out.